Hello, Cathedral. God is good. And all the time. Everybody stand with me, please. It is Christmas time at Cathedral. Again, want to welcome all those watching online, those wherever you're at on campus. So glad that you're here. I, I was uh, reading about some research that was done and by the Mayo Clinic and experts at the Mayo Clinic say this about this time of year and listening to music and singing Christmas music. It says, Studies show listening to and singing Christmas music can benefit a person emotionally and physically, benefit those who are battling dementia, and also can reduce pain. So if your husband has been a pain all week long, <laughs> you have come to the right place today. Amen. And so what I'd like to do is, how about if we engage in a little music therapy before we jump into the sermon would you join with me in singing joy to the world, the Lord has come. Everybody sing with me. And joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven. a hand cathedral way to go way to go yeah uh, before you're seated tell somebody I'm feeling better already go ahead I think I'm feeling better already all month long we have been looking at what was the very first Christmas playlist there are four songs in Luke's uh, story of the nativity, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And today we want to look at a song that has to do with waiting. Waiting. Say that with me. Waiting. Because this time of year, we do a lot of waiting. We wait in traffic at the mall. We wait in line to take our picture with Santa. We wait for the pastor to finally end the sermon. I mean, we wait, well, we wait for those in line to buy those presents. I heard about one guy who was appearing in court, and the judge asked him, what are you accused of? And he said, doing my Christmas shopping early. And the judge says, well, that's no crime. How early were you shopping? And the man said, before the store opened. I guess that's too early too early. But waiting, and, and maybe the toughest wait of all is waiting for December 25th to finally arrive where we can open up those presents. And my guess is there's some of you who have already 
You've been sizing up the presents under the tree, shaking them, trying to peek in the corner, seeing what's inside. And when that day finally comes, waiting is very difficult to do. Now, I have a present, and I want to give this present to somebody. What's your first name, sweetheart? Isis. Isis? I want to give this to you. And you have to make one promise, though. You have to wait until service is over before you peek inside. Is that a deal? All right, how about a big hand for our volunteer? We'll see if she can hang in there. It's not easy to do. Waiting, say that with me, waiting. Today's song, well, she's a living demonstration of the song. It's about a man who is waiting day after day, week after week, month after month. He's waiting, and when the wait is over, he breaks out into a song. It's a man by the name of Simeon, and so what I'd like to do is walk through his journey of waiting and see what it has to say to us about this season. You can follow along on your outline, or you can turn to Luke chapter 2, that's where you find the story of Simeon. So first of all, notice that Simeon is in the waiting room. When we first meet Simeon, he's in the waiting room. The Bible says this about Simeon. It says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So here you have a man waiting day after day, week after week, month after month. He is waiting. He believes that God is at work in the world and he doesn't want to miss it. And so he's patiently waiting. He's eagerly waiting. He keeps hope alive for the moment when the Savior will show up. He's waiting. And my guess here is that just about everybody in this building and those that are watching online is that you're waiting for something because we're creatures of waiting. What are you waiting for? Are you in the waiting room of life? How long are you willing to wait? I found some stats on how long we're willing to wait for certain things that the average person is willing to wait 13 seconds before they honk their horn at the person in front of them who stopped at a green light. I read that the average person will wait 26 seconds before shushing the other people who are talking in the movie theater. I've read that the average person will wait 13 minutes at a restaurant to get a table. I read that the average person will wait 20 minutes for a blind date to show up and if, even if they show up, if he's been waiting 20 minutes, they better be very, very good looking. Amen. <laughs> and 
And I've read that the average person will wait 25 minutes for other relatives to show up on Thanksgiving before they dig into the turkey. <laughs> How long have you been waiting? How long are you willing to wait? What are you waiting for? If we were having a cup of coffee after service, and I said, what is the hope that you have in your heart? Maybe you're waiting for one of those romantic Hallmark Channel relationships to arrive in your life. Or maybe you're waiting for direction that you need to have for your life. Or you're waiting for a job that will enable you to provide for your family. Or you're waiting for a child who has wandered off to finally come home. Or you're waiting for that moment where you overcome anxiety in your life, or you're waiting for your financial situation to back, bounce back, or you're waiting for love to heal a hurting marriage so you can grow old together. See, what are you waiting for this week? And all of us have some kind of hope in our heart. Keep hope alive. And while we are waiting, this is the takeaway for the first point. While we are waiting God is still working. God is working in us and on us. View the waiting room as God's workshop. That while we are waiting, this is one of the ways that God grows us and matures us and makes us more and more like Jesus. There was a book uh, entitled Emotional Intelligence. It was a bestseller and in the book, the author, who is a psychologist, he talks about the importance of learning to wait and waiting well in life, how critical it is. He says, waiting well is the master aptitude that leads to personal maturity and effective living. While we are waiting, as we learn to wait well, this is the way that God grows us and matures us. When I'm in the waiting room, it is God's workshop, and God is building maturity into me. While I am waiting, God is building poise into my life. While I'm waiting, God is building faithfulness into my life. While I'm waiting, God is building patience into my life. While I'm waiting, God is building hope into my life. While I'm waiting, God is still working, and the waiting room is God's workshop if I'll offer it to him. Because all of us, this side of heaven, are still under Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, before she passed away, she saw a road sign, and she said, that's what I want put on my tombstone. And sure enough, this is what she had put on her tombstone when she passed away. End of construction. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> See, all of us are under construction. Until we get to heaven, we all have room to grow. And if I'm in the waiting room this weekend, and that's right where some of you are at, you're waiting. And the way you wait well is to say, God, while I'm waiting... I know the waiting room is your workshop, so work in my life, work on my life. While I'm waiting, I'm not going to become selfish or demanding 
or impatient or bitter. Instead, God, work in me, work on me, and make me more and more like Jesus. Can we give God praise, amen, that even in the waiting room, the waiting room is God's workshop because we'll always be waiting for something. Romans 8 says this. It says, if we already have something, we, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. So today we wait patiently and confidently. We keep hope alive. Can we give God praise? God is the God of hope, and we give hope, keep hope alive. Amen? So here's Simeon. He is in the waiting room. And then the next part of his journey, we find that the wait is over. The wait is over. And when the wait is finally over, and we know for kids, when December 25th comes and that wait is finally over, I saw this clip on YouTube. When the wait is over, watch the screen. You can see it for yourself. Well, I love that guy. The wait is over. He is so excited. And in the story of Simeon, he's waiting day after day, week after week, month after month, and the wait is finally over. And we continue on with the story. It says, that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. The temple. Say that with me. The temple. Say it again. The temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. So here are Mary and Joseph bringing baby Jesus to be dedicated to the temple. And this is such a powerful moment. I don't want you to miss it. Catch this. Let me picture it this way. They're bringing baby Jesus to the temple. I, I like maps. I use tech maps, but I really like old school maps. I guess I'm just an old soul. I like old school maps, and I have old school maps. I have one of Africa on my wall in my office, and I have one of Italy at my, at my home on the wall. I even have a book of old school maps, and I'm still not any good at geography. But maps are more than about geography. Did you know that when maps were drawn, they weren't just drawn for the purpose of geography. They were drawn to tell you something about a certain view of the world. For example, I saw this one map that was drawn up by Texans. You can see it. This is the way they view the world. See, Texas is big, and everything else is very small, right? And you'll find that when you look at maps, they actually are meant to tell you something about the view of the world that the map has. For example, in some ancient maps, they would do this. 
they would put Jerusalem at the center of the map. Not because Jerusalem is at the center of the earth, but people believed that Jerusalem was so important, they would put it right in the middle of the map, that it was the center of the world. Now let's jump back to the story of Jesus. When they bring Jesus to the temple, the temple to the first century Jewish person, if they had a map, the temple would be at the center of the map because the temple was the one place on earth where heaven actually touched the earth. It was the one place in the world where God had chosen to dwell. It was the one place in the entire world that you could actually call the very house of God. The temple was the center of everything. But when Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple, the map is about to be redrawn And Jesus is now going to be the center of everything. Can we give him praise? Amen. Jesus himself. That Jesus himself now is the place where heaven touches earth. That Jesus himself is the place where God has chosen to dwell. Mary and Joseph think they're taking Jesus to the house of God. But what they don't realize yet is because of baby Jesus living in their home, their home has become the house of God. Because Jesus himself is God come in the flesh. The Bible says Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Jesus is at the center of the map. Can we give him praise? Amen. That is the miracle of Christmas. The map has been redrawn. And Jesus is at the center of the map. And when Simeon realizes that the wait is over, he... He does this, and he begins to sing. He says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. Let me pause there for a moment. I just want to thank you again, Cathedral family. You have been there for our family in so many ways over these past few months, praying for us, showing your love for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if my dad was on this platform right now, he would say to you, like these words we just read from Simeon's song, now I am prepared to die in peace. He has fought the good fight. He has kept the faith. He's finished the course. He's seen the legacy of Cathedral of Faith to be a force for the kingdom in the Bay Area in the days ahead. He is ready to pass away in peace. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, God. You know, when you get to that moment, Simeon continues his song this way. He says, I have seen your salvation, which you prepared for all people. All people. Say that with me. All people. He's a light. A light. Tech people, can you help me out? Jesus is the light. Let's celebrate that a bit. He's the light. He's the light. He's a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. He's a light to reveal God to who? The nations. Some people in that day thought the Messiah was just for one nation. But Jesus is a light to all nations. Can somebody say amen? He's a light to all nations. Did you know that Christianity is the only world religion that is truly a world religion? That all of the other world religions, that they are, they are primarily located in one specific corner of the map, around one specific culture. But when you follow the map of Christianity, you see that it spreads from continent to continent to continent across every single culture that... Well, estimates are that about 80% of South America are followers of Jesus. About 50% of Africa are followers of Jesus. About 100 million people in China are followers of Jesus. And here we are in America today, worshiping Jesus from every corner of the world. Christianity, oh, Jesus is a light to the nations. Hallelujah! All the nations of the world, that's what we celebrate. And listen to this. Jesus is a light to reveal God to all the nations so that we don't have to be in the dark anymore. We don't have to be in the dark about God, about who God is or what God is like. One of my favorite stories is about a teacher, first grade teacher, who she uh, she gave the kids an assignment to draw a picture. So she's going around and checking out the pictures, and this little girl's drawing a flower and this little boy's drawing a, a house, and this little girl is drawing a dog. And then this little boy here, she can't tell what he's drawing. And so she asked him, she says, what are you drawing a picture of? And the little boy said, well, I'm drawing a picture of God. And she said, well, no one knows what God looks like. And he says, well, they will when I get through. Jesus draws a picture of God for us so we don't have to be in the dark anymore. How do we know God exists? Because Jesus shows us God exists. How do we know God loves us? How do we know? Because Jesus shows us that God loves us. How do we know God cares about us today? Because Jesus shows us God cares about us. How do we know How do we really know that there's life after death? The reason we know is that Jesus shows us there's life after death. He is, oh, let's give him praise, amen. He's the light for all nations. We're not in the dark anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, that's Jesus, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. We're not in the dark anymore because of who Jesus is and what he does for us. 
The waiting is over. And that brings us to the last part of this story with Simeon, that it's worth the wait. (laughs) When you're out of the waiting room and the wait is over, you find out in the end that it's worth the wait. Jesus' father, the Bible continues, and mother were amazed at what Simeon had said about him. Amazed. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, listen to these words to Mary. Many Jews will fall and many will rise, will rise, say that with me, will rise because of this boy. He will be a sign from God that some will not accept, not accept, say that with me, not accept. So the secret thoughts of many will be made known and the things that happen will be painful for you, like a sword cutting right through your own heart. The Savior of the world has come, and it's amazing news that Jesus comes all the way down to where we're at so we can get all the way up to where we need to be. Many will rise. Rise up. Say that with me. Rise up. We rise up, and our sins are forgiven. We rise up and our peace is restored. You know, we rise up and our purpose is renewed. You know, we rise up and he raises our self-esteem. We rise up and Jesus gives us eternal life. He comes all the way down to where we're at so that we can get all the way up to where we need to be. Rise up. Say that with me. Rise up. Can we give him praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rise up. Well, this is what happened recently at our reaching out. I hope you'll join me Friday as we celebrate, as we give out food to our community. And and I encourage you, bring a friend, bring an unchurched friend. Bring a friend that's far from God to this event because sometimes you never know what God will do when they start rubbing shoulders with people of faith. Recently, one of our student volunteers, she was a Buddhist and she was coming, though, because to serve at Reaching Out, she wanted to give back to the community. But while she's packing boxes, she's rubbing shoulders with people of faith. And they, she hears those people talk about Jesus and share the love of Jesus. And one day, she goes up to our director, Jim Gallagher, and she says, I want to know more about Jesus. How can I become a follower of Jesus myself? Isn't that just like God? Here she is, she's there, she thinks she's there to lift up boxes, but Jesus is there to lift her up to eternal life with him. Isn't that just like God? You never know how God will surprise you. Many will rise up, rise up, say that with me, rise up. And then we see what I believe is the greatest mystery. The incarnation is a great mystery. But this may be even a greater mystery. It's the greatest mystery, I think, that we see in the Bible. The greatest mystery that we see in history is this. Many will rise up. Jesus comes all the way down to where we're at so we can get all the way up to where we need to be. Rise up, everybody. Rise up. 
And yet some resist. Some reject. They did back then, and they do today. How can you say no to a love like that? It's a mystery. And then you find a clue to the price that was paid for our salvation. That in order for us to rise up, Jesus had to be raised up on a cross. And when he's on that cross, paying the price for our sins, a soldier will pierce him in the side And as Mary watches this happen, I wonder if she thought about this moment when Jesus was a baby and Simeon said, your heart is going to be pierced with pain. This is how much we're loved by God. That God comes all the way down to earth in the form of a flesh and blood baby. And then Jesus lives the perfect life that we could not live. And then he dies the death that we deserve to die. So that we can get to where we need to be. Rise up. How can you resist a love like that? In just a moment, our tech team is, well, our worship arts team is, is going to come and present just a great song, celebrating Jesus as the light for all nations. And as the tech team gets ready for that, I want to I tell you a story. There's a story, hold on just a second, we'll, we'll get rid of the TV in a moment. It's a story called The Tale of Three Trees. This book was given to me a long time ago. And if you've never read it, it's a great little read, and you could read it to your kids. But the story goes like this. that There were three trees in a forest, and the trees were talking about the dreams that they had. And the first tree said, you know, I dreamed that one day that a carpenter will will make me into a treasure chest. I would love to be a treasure chest. And the second tree said, well, I would like to be made into a mighty ship that would sail the oceans and carry around kings and queens. And then the third tree said, I would like to grow so tall that I would be the tallest tree in the forest that when people looked at me, their eyes would be lifted toward the heavens. And they would think about God. Well, time went on and woodsmen showed up and cut down the trees and they took the lumber to different places and a carpenter took this first tree and he built a feeding trough. It was a trough for animals to eat out of. And when that happened, well, the tree thought that its dream was over. But one day... That feeding trough, while it's there in a stable, 
a lady by the name of Mary showed up and placed a baby inside that trough. And at that moment, the tree knew that it held the greatest treasure in all the world. The second tree was taken and it was made into a, a little tiny fishing vessel for a lake. But when that happened and it, all it had was smelly fish in it, it thought that its dream was over. But then one day, a few men showed up and were in the boat and they went out on the lake and a big storm came up and one of the men spoke to the storm and the storm calmed down. And at that moment, the boat realized that the king of kings was inside that boat. The king of all heaven and earth. And then finally, the third tree, well, that third tree was taken and made into cross beams and it didn't know, no, it thought its dream was over as it sat there, just abandoned, nobody using it. And then one day they took those cross beams and took it up on a hill and they nailed a man to that tree and put that man and that tree on top of the hill. And the tree thought that this is so horrible what has happened here today. My dream is over. Until three days later, that man came back from the dead. And that tree realized that every time people would look at it, look at the cross, people's eyes would lift, be lifted toward heaven and think about the God who loves them that much. Amen. I love the last page. It goes like this. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. And that was better than being the tallest tree in the world. That is the love of God that we find at Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Now the tech team will get things ready. Before we come and celebrate, I want to ask you a question. Those who are here in the room, those who are watching online, if you'd say, Pastor Ken, I want to say yes to that love. I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus, but I've never stepped across the line to become a follower of Jesus. And today, I want today to be my day. I want it to be my day when I become a follower of Jesus. Will you lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Today's the day I'm surrendering my life to Jesus right here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Up in the balcony, you'd say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Christmas is about God's love reaching out to you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my friend. I want you to say, Pastor Ken, right now I'm in one of those waiting seasons, those waiting rooms of life. Just lift up your hand real high. You'd say, Pastor Ken, that's where I'm at right now. I'm waiting. I want to pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for these wonderful people who are here today. God, I, I thank you for all of those who are becoming followers of Jesus today. We celebrate who you are and what you've done for us. And God, I, I pray 
for all of us today, all those who are in the waiting seasons of life, God, give us grace and strength to wait well, to know that while we're waiting, you're still working in us and on us. God, I pray this season that we would know that Jesus, you have come to reveal God to us. We don't have to be in the dark anymore. And that we would see in who you are and what you've done for us. We would see your great love for the world. Jesus, you are the center of the map. You're the center of everything. And we worship you today. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. God, we give you honor and glory and praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. And all the time. Everybody stand with me, please. Are you ready to celebrate? Jesus is the light of one nation. No, Jesus is the light of all nations. And we're coming to celebrate the light of the world. Give a great big welcome to our worship arts team as they come.
Amen. Would you let the, the worship artists sing one more time? Let them know how much we're going to appreciate them helping us to celebrate. Let's go out. We're going to go out singing that in just a moment. Just a couple of quick things. If you need prayer, our team will be down here right after service to pray with you and pray for you. If you need help during the season, make sure you pick up a reaching out voucher and hope to see you out Friday. And then somebody has been very patient. Come on up here. I want you to open up the package. How about a big hand for Isis? She's, she has been patient all service long. And let's see. Let's go ahead and open up that package. And here we have, look at this. Here is an Arctic Zone mug. This will keep... Do you drink coffee? <laughs> this will keep your dad's coffee warm. Keep your Gatorade cold. Amen. And it says, Cathedral of Faith, where anything is possible. We want you to know God's got a great dream for your life. Amen. God's got a great dream. You've got some other things in there. A CD by Pastor Vaughn. So you can have him sign it after service and then sell it on eBay. Watch out. It goes for big money. How about a big hand again? Wow, thanks so much for helping me out. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Love my cathedral family. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace and his joy and his love this season. May it fill your hearts and your homes in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you as you go, Cathedral. Have a